0: welcome to so you're kind of a big deal a weekly podcast deep diving into the lives of emerging and established tattoo artists listen in as we dig into origin stories industry hot topics and what it takes to survive in the world of tattooing this is tattoo shop talk it's funny it's crass inspiring and sometimes we get it right join your host sean headley and dave allen every week as we host a new guest
1: You know, Curly and this amazing guy that tattooed with one arm, you know, the customer had to stretch his own skin.
0: So I did get blood poisoning from him twice. Oh, twice? Yeah, <laughs> twice.
2: <laughs> Ed Hardy brought this whole uh, Japanese influence into American tattooing. Once Dave Shore came onto the scene, it was like tattooing. Completely changed.
1: If anybody could say anything
2: about greaseball Japanese, it's fucking Dave short. Salty, piratey, bikery, just hard not to do.
1: Man, he'd pull in on his chopper with the tattoos and the girls, and I mean, he was just, like, so cool, man.
2: He captured vulgarity and pleasure and insanity and recklessness. Tattoo in the 80s or 70s. not the same uh, yeah you had to be a tough guy. I was scared
0: shitless even though I was a you know kind of a biker guy these were bigger biker guys you know. (laughs) I'm not totally sure you could paint the picture accurately to somebody now getting into tattooing about what it
1: was like then and the only reason I I would say or I feel that way though is because they might not believe you.
2: We had the limo waiting for him with all the
0: lines of blow lined (laughs) at the airport. This is the way we do it in
2: Canada.
1: (laughs) In the 80s, 90s, Paul Paul Jeffries was like the king of tattooing. It wasn't just in Canada.
2: Like, am I supposed to stop tattooing? Because if this is what I'm supposed to aspire to, (laughs) it's not going to happen. Each one of these old masters Influenced groups of tattooers who, in turn, influenced other groups of tattooers.
0: The True North Strong tattoo book. This is a massive. Tattoo Encyclopedia of Canadian Tattooers, 350 pages. It's an 11 by 17 coffee table format. Sean and Dan worked tirelessly to get this thing out, and sadly it never made it to print, so it's available for free download at theholdfastsocialclub.com and championtattoo.ca. The Hold Fast Social Club presents So You're Kind of a Big Deal with your hosts, Sean Headley. Dave Allen. Yo, what's up? We'll just get right to fucking the action here. Yeah. Can you hear me? Who? Me? Yeah, me. Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. I can't You're hear you. Oh, You're just dead yeah. staring and no response. I thought you were bringing like, Jory. Oh, I so guess I'm, I'm doing this waiting, alone today. And I'm like,
2: where's where's Jory? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh. God. Yeah, Jory. Look at that mustache. You got the best mustache on the you. internet, I think. Oh, <laughs> I'm disappointed you're not wearing your hillbilly rash. Oh guard, my God. I so
1: I was talking, so I couldn't find the link to get into this this morning. Cause uh, Aaron is my assistant and she had like, and she thought Ooh. it was uh, like junk mail. So she deleted it. And I'm like, where the fuck <laughs> is the link? Where's the link? She's like, Oh, I, th- I think I-. she's <laughs> like, you should go in with it. Wearing that hillbilly rash guard. Oh, that'd be <laughs> so rad.
2: Awesome. That's
0: amazing. So for those who don't know, <laughs> J- Jory's into a little bit of the jujitsu, just like Sean, and he has this epic, uh, is it a one- No, no,
1: no, it's like, it's, it's it just feet. goes together so well. It's like Daisy, it's like Daisy oh, okay. Duke, like Valley Tudo shorts. It's, uh And yeah. it's like a, like it's a farmer a piece, yeah. <laughs> coverall with like, you know, it's got a corncob pipe in it and stains and... <laughs> It gets a lot of guys excited. It does, yeah. It's pretty popular <laughs> <laughs> with that mustache. With the mustache, I got a mullet. And,
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, class awesome. act. Oh, Jerry, I should. Uh, I have your painting. Oh, up, you do. Sick. Yeah, I still have that from Brodown. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like yeah. Me. I was just. Brodown twelve. Like, I was just out fishing yesterday.
1: Deadly. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. Catch anything? Yeah, Sweet. Yeah, we got some stomper Trouts. Got them on uh Karani's blood bloody. Cool. Yeah. Sean's like, What the fuck? <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're talking about fishing.
0: <laughs> yeah, fly fishing.
1: Fly fishing. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, cool. that's
2: right. Got to be specific. Yeah. I don't do none of that bait and tackle stuff.
1: <laughs> I've actually got a whole bunch of uh, I've actually got a whole bunch of fly fishing stuff um that I just never used. my dad gave me a bunch of it and uh Oh dope. Yeah, I think one day it'd be pretty sick to to get out and, and learn that for sure. But yeah, right now it's like, you know, those five AM commitments. I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh no, no. We didn't we didn't get on the water till ten oh, o'clock okay. yesterday. Well, that's it's more my Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> 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 awesome. Oh, Jory, thanks for joining us on the – so you're kind of up. Yeah, there. thanks for having me. Uh yeah, man stoked to see you it's been since last June when I saw you and uh so let's just start with Dave's favorite shit how did you start tattooing (laughs)
1: oh
0: come on that's a that's a good question
2: it is people (laughs) how did
0: I start uh yeah like how did you what was your route into tattooing like some people it's through friends some people it's through just hanging out like me just hanging out in a shop and being a nuisance
1: yeah uh so, a long time ago, I, I had gotten tattooed by Art Godoy at Funhouse Tattoos in Vancouver. Oh, cool. One of the guys that worked there, Jeremy Riley, um, we were at a party, and he was—he <laughs> was like, in a nutshell, he was like, "I don't think you have what it takes to be a tattooer." <laughs>
2: <laughs> I hope he
0: watches. And I was this. like, "Fuck you,
1: man! I'm going to be a tattooer," and I—and good for and, you. That's awesome. And then I, I moved to uh, I moved to Red Deer because one of my cousins was working on the oil rigs, and I was like, I got to save up some money so that I can like sit on it and then like find a place that's going to apprentice me. And then while I was in Red Deer, um, I my cousin actually used to get tattooed at this place called Wicked Works, which is where uh, Lucas Ford and uh, Corey Lewis and and Jesse Dolphin and those guys started tattooing and uh i really liked them and i so i just kept showing up with like more drawings and more drawings and and then eventually the owner eddie um saw them and was like okay kid like sure i'll give you a chance so i had saved up some money on the oil rigs and um got an apprenticeship through eddie and then worked there for a couple years and then um yeah, moved on to. I actually ended up getting a job back in Vancouver at Funhouse under art, um, sort of like a secondary apprenticeship, and then worked there for five years. And um, yeah, and then moved to the island here, and uh, opened my first shop. Which uh,
0: which Funhouse was it? Was that the old one on Broadway? I worked at both. I worked
1: uh, at the Broadway one, and then I worked at the one on Cambie uh Fourteenth, I think it is. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: yeah. What year was this?
0: Yeah. When was your apprenticeship? I don't know. Oh, Oh, I love it. You're a forward thinker. Um,
1: (laughs) I don't know. I remember, I remember Lucas was about three years into his apprenticeship when I got my apprenticeship, maybe two years into his apprenticeship. So whatever Lucas has subtract two years, uh, (laughs)
0: <laughs> that must have been a fun shop. Like, um, I don't know. was Andy Rogers around then as well. I mean, yeah. Jesse's a fun guy. This yeah. is fun. Yeah. Andy Rogers. And, uh, was Corey, yeah, Corey Lewis? Lewis. Oh man, that's a, that would be a fun shop to learn in. Like the young guys. Yeah, it was wild. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and
0: in red deer, you guys must've controlled the city.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I, I just... just
0: Out and about. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was, it was, it was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. Lots of good memories there for sure.
0: What, what was that environment like? Was it a nurturing environment Were you, you guys like feeding off of each other or, or were you just everybody up for themselves? No,
1: I mean like, I mean, how do I phrase it? <laughs> like, like Lucas and Corey, like they ha- they helped me a ton. Like I, I spent a lot of time learning off of them. Like when Eddie, Eddie wasn't around all the time. So um, I got a lot of my sort of like insights from watching them tattoo, and uh, you know, uh, Lucas was always like, I don't know, making machines and Hey, have you heard of this guy? And this is like pre, this is pre-internet, really. You know, this is pre-Instagram, and so like anything that you knew about was like from books that someone owned or lent you, or or like magazines, and yeah. Um, so it was like. You know, I, I leaned on those guys a lot for, for, for my start. Yeah. Nice.
0: And Eddie, what what was Eddie's name? Heywood. Eddie Heywood. Is he still tattooing?
1: He's no longer living. Yeah. He passed away, um, a few years ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, like definitely gave me, um, my first shot at tattooing. So. Like, man. Yeah. He, fuck, he apprenticed some good artists, yeah.
0: right? Like, I mean, the artists take on a lot of responsibility and work on themselves, uh-huh. but for someone to pick good talent yeah. like that in yeah. Red Deer. Yeah.
1: He, he took a chance on me. Right. <laughs> I mean, I have him to thank for all of this. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Awesome. And how long were you there for? I was at Works for, I think, just under three years. Yeah.
2: Okay. War, so then you went to, to the, the island. No, I
1: went to Vancouver first. So, so yeah. I got oh tattooed my. at Funhouse for my first tattoo, and then I and then I got my first like shot with Eddie, and then uh, and then that started to, you know, things changed a little bit at the shop. So I was like, okay, I need to like move on, and I uh, got a job with Art, and actually, I, I a friend of mine worked there as the the shop help, and I called him, and I was like man, like, you know, I need another place to work. Like, what do you think I can get, like, a, uh, an intro with art again? And he was like, okay, sure. So I get on the phone with Art the next day, and he's like, when can you be down here to do, like, a little tattoo in front of me kind of thing? And I was like, you know, I was young, and I was like, well, I don't know. Like, I'll see what I can do, see if I can get a flight. And he's like, listen, man, this is an exploding offer. Like, as soon as I hang up this phone, like, it's fucking gone. And I was like... <laughs> okay I'll see I was like okay I'll see you tomorrow (laughs) you know so I got oh my god like a mission impossible and like like, (laughs) flew out there the next day and like did a tattoo on one of his guys and uh, like I knew that he liked fine line and I knew that he liked like you know color you should be able to do like a little bit of everything so I sort of designed this little I freehanded a little skull with smoke and stuff on this guy's ankle and um, he was like okay cool you can start at the beginning of the month so I went home and grabbed my shit and yeah, and then I worked there for five years and then I, okay. yeah, oh, and then awesome. I met my now ex-wife uh, in Vancouver, moved to the Island, opened up a shop. Um, I had that for 10 years and then, um, and then now I've uh, we sold that and then I have uh, uh, another studio in town uh, called Lucky Toad. Cool. And how
2: long have you had Lucky Toad?
1: Since, since lockdown ended.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, like, just to do quick math here, three, five, eight, it's 18, plus, like, 2 years, yeah. 20 years. You started your apprenticeship, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, you should, be probably, Thanks, you should know that
2: number. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, I can't do you- no math. <laughs>
0: No words, math, okay, numbers yeah, just draw pretty pictures okay yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah double yeah, digit then, numbers
2: yeah, and how's lucky to it's gone? awesome yeah, yeah yeah it's it's more of a private studio, right
1: it started out that way um, you know okay. i i we had sold bully boy and then um, lockdown happened, and I you know the reason I'd sold Bully boy in the first place was I was just sort of tired of. I started becoming more of like a shop manager and like dealing with people like with, with like artists and then like, uh, like shop supplies and handling all that stuff. Cause my, my wife, um, at the time, uh, was pregnant with our daughter. So at the time she was taking, she was handling all the back end stuff and I could just be the like, you know, flaky artist. And then, you know, suddenly like all of the tasks fell on me and I, and I was like, yeah, this isn't happening because, you know, because then we also, we also had a kid now. So I was like being father, manager, artist, you know, and like I do all custom stuff. So it's all like, you know, hours of pre-drawing and um, anyway, long story short, I was just like, okay, I can't, I don't want to do this anymore. So a friend bought the shop and then I just sort of worked as an artist for about a year. Um, And then uh, I just wanted to do like a solo thing. So, opened up Lucky Toad and did that solo for, I think, like about eight or nine months. And then, um, I ended up taking on, um, Ben Tyne first, who used to, uh, work at Tattoo Union in, in Victoria with, okay. with Luna, uh, Lucero.
0: And yeah. then,
1: um, and then Luna came to work for me as well. So those guys worked for me for about a year or so. And then um, they, I think you had Luna on here not too long ago. So she, um, her and Ben went and opened up their own little private place in Shimanis, which is not too far from where I'm at. Um, And yeah, they're they're loving it. They got a cute little shop there.
0: Cool. Nice. You mentioned... Uh, briefly about juggling all the different hats you had to have to, as a shop owner an artist yeah. and stuff like that i'd love to hear a little bit more about that and obviously it was enough to make you want to sh- shut down your shop and do something else but a lot of people who are new to tattooing think that owning a studio and filling it with a bunch of artists is the is the way to success and I, I think hearing a little bit more about what it's actually like would be really helpful for a lot of people yeah
1: well i mean i didn't have like like I had pretty competitive like shop cuts like i had people on chair rent and it wasn't very much because like you know Duncan's not a very big town right so I mean people are busy but they're not like crazy busy and they're like they're not charging like city prices either like you know it's uh, you know per hour it's cheaper than what you get in like Victoria or Vancouver or something at least back then um so at the end of the month after like all my overheads, I mean, the artists were making more money than I was. Like, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a, it, it wasn't a good hustle, money. you know? So, um, but then still all the responsibility fell on me and like everyone's problems. So, you know, it's like, what are you going to do about it? And so, um,
0: <laughs> artists don't have an attitude <laughs> like that, do they? <laughs> You're the boss, I pay you all this money. He's fucking yeah, do yeah. something. That person didn't talk nice yeah. to me the other day. I don't oh like their God. fucking attitude. Can you talk to them?
2: <laughs> so I'm gonna fire this client. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <that>. <laughs>
1: yeah but yeah. then on the and then on the flip side of that, clients would be like, Oh, so and so was rude to me. I don't want to get tattooed by them. Can you do it now? And it's like, so you're just awkward, yeah. yeah, all that kind of stuff. So
0: yeah. Anyway. Yeah, on your day off when they're not working.
1: Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, I'll, sne- I'll sneak you in the back. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, so, yeah, running a shop, like, you know, um, it's not that it's like, because now, like with my new shop, I mean, the situation's a little different. And um, actually, I it's funny, because I went right around the time that I was selling the shop, I went and did a guest spot at uh Kapala with Rich. And then I did a, a guest spot at Bushido with Doug. And um, wow. I watched like everybody working at their shops, like the way they treated the place, um, especially at at Bushido, you know, like um, we're in the back room, getting ready for our appointments and, I, and everyone's busy. Like everyone's running around and they're like, we're having a chat, eating, you know, quick meal, um, getting stencils ready, and then like rushing out to the next appointment. Meanwhile, you know, I can't remember who it was, but they're like running out the door, and then they stop, they turn around, and they like adjust like a floor tile that was like out of place, or they like uh like adjust a stack of papers that was a little like you know, this is like not the stuff that people see. This is in the back room. Like, who cares, right? But they're like, they all like give a shit about their shop, and then they're off. Yeah. It just like and I'm, and I'm like watching this, like as a, as a shop owner. And I was like, wow, like these people really care about Bushido, you know? And yeah. And it, it made me feel like, man, I really want that. Like, what is the, the secret? And then I, so I was talking to Doug about it and, and particularly about like, uh, cause I'd had a couple of, I want to say apprentices, but I'd had some tattooers that had started tattooing, but they weren't satisfied with what they wanted or what they were doing. And so they'd come to me and said, like, can I come work with you? Like, I'll kind of, I'll like dial it back and then sort of re apprentice under you. And I was like, okay, that's, that's cool. And, but as soon as it was like, Hey, can't do that. You know, it's it's over your head. You know, it was like feathers were ruffled and then it just like fell apart. Right. (laughs) So I said to Doug, like I'm having all these troubles with like, new artists and like, what's the deal? And he's like, well, in Japan, like you have to steal your apprenticeship. So if like a, if a master allows you to come into the studio, it means like, it's up to you to succeed in your apprenticeship. So you, you have to watch the master and then he'll give you opportunities to like practice those things and see where you're at. Whereas like my initial concept of what an apprentice was, uh, was, was that you were under the master. And then that person was just like, meeting out all of this information for you and it was kind of like them planning your your success you know and so there was all this pressure on on the the mentor to like make you succeed you know and he was like that's not so like it's like it's up to them to succeed or fail so that takes takes a lot of pressure off like i have an apprentice now and and jada and like she asked the same question like what does my apprenticeship look like like what i and I was like it's up to you like I'll be yeah. here and and we're, and we're gonna provide you with all of the things you need but like how much you show up and like like what you take on and like how you perform that's all up to you like it's it's so again it took so much pressure off it's great But anyway that's how I'm kind of running my shop too like the people that work at the shop it's like this is this is your thing like you do your thing you manage your own like career. And then I'll just provide you with a cool space to, to do it in. So, and that just took a lot of pressure off, yeah. you know, instead yeah, totally. of around micromanaging. I like
0: that, that, that idea of uh, the apprentice having to steal their apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. I mean, really what it comes down to is the apprentice indulging their curiosity and, and fighting yeah. for it, right? Yeah. Like. Rather than just sitting there thinking they're going to be spooned and everything, that's brilliant.
1: I mean, how proud? I mean, yeah, then how proud sense. are you at the end of your apprenticeship when you you've like really achieved that thing yourself?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so great. And in America, it's like, no, I want to get as many apprenticeships apprentices through the door so I can have as many people working for me and making money. And it's just like,
1: what? Well, it's just where we yeah. are now. And it's, <laughs> we tattoo shop. It was. Corner. It took quite a lot. For me to take somebody on I was like pretty reluctant and this is like you know I mean thankfully Sean's worked the math but you know 20 years later I've taken on my first um, student so Uh, but it's satisfying I'm I'm enjoying it Um, yeah nice how long has she been with you for Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say like (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna say like uh, about six months
0: Oh, cool! Yeah. Nice. What was it about? What was it about her that made you say, "Okay, I'm going to actually apply uh, something"? She
1: was uh, actually Luna's assistant, and I had and she had come by the shop a few times, and I'd seen that she like on her Instagram she has like a little like uh, she had a like a a wannabe tattooer kind of account, like she was drawing all this flash all the time, and then um, she had had a few sort of missteps or not missteps, but uh, some false starts with other shops and um was just really trying to become a tattooer and was getting tattooed a lot so that she could learn you know like which i like i was like oh okay like as soon as like i knew that she was like going and spending like basically all her spare money and putting it into the into tattooing and like getting lots of tattoos and like getting it by lots of different tattooers I mean, that was my sort of always my sort of like silent qualification to start like, you know, to pay attention to somebody that wanted an apprenticeship because I had lots of, I mean, you know, people come in with no tattoos and they're like, I want to be a tattooer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be an astronaut. I just got
2: an email. You know? from, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just got an email from a person who must have forgot they emailed me a few weeks ago. Asking <laughs> an
1: apprenticeship. Oh yeah. The right? same and they, email? Like, then like a it's like a months. blanket email that they send out like to every shop to see oh, yeah. you know yeah I've never met you why the why yeah. would I why would I give you twenty years of of the of experience for what?
2: Because yeah. they asked.
0: Yeah yeah that's how it's worked their yeah. whole lives so yeah. far.
1: <laughs> so It's like no nah, I'm good. So anyway so with Jada um she you know she's been showing up already just because she loves tattooing so I'm I'm happy to help her out. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's
0: awesome. It's so good to hear that. Uh, there's still people out there that get it, you know, like I'm going to invest everything, which means financial time, pain, everything into getting tattooed, trying to build relationships. I'm going to draw as much as I can, like everything that you should do that you don't need mm-hmm. a mentor for, you know, just to prove that
1: you're worthy. Totally. And, you know, and she works like up, she works a full-time job at a bar at nighttime and, you know, has life stuff going on and still, you know, I'm like, okay, I want a sheet of flash based on this thing that we're doing right now. You know, like the next day I get a text message with like the sheet of flash and it's like, what do you think? What do you think of this? So <laughs> i like, oh, that's pretty good. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Nice. That's advanced. <laughs> <laughs> I still so who's all that.
2: That, who's all that lucky toad with
1: you? Uh, right now, um, Kaya Heitland. Um, Kaya Uh, and, uh, and Jada. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. How long has, uh, Kaya's been been here for nearly as long as nearly as long as Jada, a little bit, just a little bit longer, I guess about six to eight months now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I haven't seen her for a while.
1: Yeah, yeah, she just, she just started tattooing thing. again. She's taking a little break. She has like, cause she has like, I mean, if you know Kaya, you know, she's got like a hundred art related <laughs> businesses, you know, like yeah. this, yeah. that she's like just crushing, yeah. crushing at all the time. So, um, yeah. but yeah, she's, so she's back to tattooing, which is awesome. I mean, she's man, some of the stuff that she's putting out there right now, I'm like, oh man, it's like, it's cool to have that caliber of tattoo or, like in my shop, you know? Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome.
2: Cool. And then
1: her husband, uh, Marcus is, uh, he's not, he's not in the, he's not in the shop yet. He was, we're waiting for, um, citizenship, yeah. but, uh, you know, hopefully that in the future too. That's right. He can just do jujitsu. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We got some mats. We got some mats for the shop too. Oh, I man. Saw-
2: I saw your footage yeah. that you put up. That was
1: yeah.
0: hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> 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 the pain cave. It's <laughs> it's pain yeah. cave tattoos. I think you need to change. Yeah, today. it's funny
1: because uh, <laughs> yeah. you know we got a little we got a little like drilling roll in, and then you know I think we'd been at it for like an hour or so, and then a client came by. You know, knocks on the knocks on the door. All the blinds are up, and then you know I opened the door, and you could see he was like, like because we're wearing. <laughs> We're wearing all of our like jujitsu gear, and it's like if you know jujitsu gear, it's just like it's like a gym bag all the time. Like it just, you know, yeah. So it smelled like smelled (laughs) like a locker room in there for sure. It's pretty steamy. (laughs) (laughs) Come
2: on in for your yeah yeah. Open
1: all the doors and (laughs) don't slip Uh on the mat. (laughs) Yeah. Oh that's oh crazy. God, that's awesome. Um I might be um well probably I shouldn't say might, I'm gonna be in um Calgary at the end of June. I heard. I oh, saw you Doug did. yesterday. Sick. Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. For Yeah, nice.
1: One are minute. we gonna get some rolls in or what? In between car crashes.
2: <laughs> Shut up. Um Yeah, how long are you gonna be there for? Yeah, a week? Yeah? Okay. I'll come down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Absolutely. Down, we'll yeah, go we'll find some dirty ass garage dungeon. to go roll around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. I guess uh, a jujitsu gym just opened up. I right heard, I know. Doug Doug
1: texted me, he was pretty excited about it. So
2: yeah, he's same same. He's like, I'm training at this yeah. place. I'm yeah,
1: like, he's same. like, and my knees are great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Not <After> long.
0: <laughs>
2: oh man. <laughs> oh my god. So what other, well, let's just jump into it then. Like, what conventions have you done so far this year? Any? No. No? Any guest spots or anything?
1: Nope. Um, No? I've got, uh, at the end of the month here, I'm going to uh, Don't Look Down Tattoo uh, in Kelowna for a few days with uh, Eric Brunning. Come say hi. Yeah. Why, I, I, why, I planned on it. I planned on it.
0: <laughs> if you need a place to stay, well, oh yeah? yeah,
1: shit. Well, I wish I had asked before I booked the two, uh, Airbnbs, but <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Everybody, come by Hell the yeah. studio.
1: Um, I guess he's got like, um, he's got, um, Anthony Tex and, um, uh, Shane Ford doing a, a mural at a shop. Oh, yeah. So Eric, Eric and I are going to go hang out and, Cool. Have a- Is that Eric's shop now? Who's shop? Uh, Eric's, like, at uh, no, yeah. no Black Don't Rider. Down. No, no, no. No, Eric. Eric. Oh, okay. Eric works say- at Black Rider in Vancouver.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're going, going with, with him them. out the Don't Look Down.
1: Yeah, oh, we're just okay. doing a little. Right. We're just having a, nice, just a little yeah. quick road road trip. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was confused for a second. I was like, wait, he owns that shop now. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You lost the old man for a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, let me know when you I get it. I will. Down.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, and then yeah, once you know the, just text me the dates in June, and then uh,
1: I'll write down yeah. for sure.
2: We'll get the uh, see if see if Dan,
1: Dan wants to come. Oh yeah, sweet. Re- yeah, I I'll just drive with him then. Rematch so ride my bike. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm, uh, I'm going to change match. the subject here. We're
0: going to do a hard left hand. <laughs> I'm curious how much uh, you do. Everything you do is custom. How much of it are you drawing on?
1: How much do I draw on?
0: Yeah, I, could, I definitely see a lot of posts that you you drawing stuff Lately, on. Lately,
1: um, it's been a lot. Um, I didn't do a lot of freehand before. And then, um, like, so... Um, like Kaya's husband Marcus, um, is, uh, his process of tattooing is a, is a hundred percent freehand. So if anyone's ever seen his stuff, um, his Instagram is Luxalterra. And he's like super well known in like the biomech community and, and, um, Uh he's really, um, encouraged me to because i like everything i do is custom anyway like so all of my tattoos i i draw beforehand and there's a lot of work that goes into it but i drop i drop quite quickly like it doesn't take me a ton of time to do like a large um like illustrative kind of thing and so he just sort of talked about some of the ideas of like because i'm I'm, i kind of like the pressure like a lot of the stuff i draw is like last minute also, which is pretty, pretty standard in tattooing, you know?
0: Quiet,
2: don't don't (laughs) let anyone know that. (laughs) You don't have a draw on my sleeve this morning. I thought you put days into it. totally. (laughs) But I mean, I
1: I thought about it for
2: days. (laughs) thought about it for days. Stressed about it for days, and then went to bed.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, But there's something really performative about the freehand experience, and like, the clients really enjoy it too, um, and yeah, uh, it's been. I mean, it takes a lot of pressure off, weirdly, um, because I'm I'm not spending so much time like uh, ruminating on it, like at home, and there's like less distraction. You know, like I've got these two crazy cats at home, you know, and there's like there's like tasks to do around the you know like chores to do around the house, and like I'll, I'll start drawing, and I like my I'm so easily distracted. So I'm just like, it takes me, it's it's a bit of a slugfest to like get a design finish, finish. But at the shop, I mean, that's, I don't know, I think maybe 20 years of, of you know, once I'm in the tattoo shop, that's my focus. So when I'm sitting down with a client, I can kind of like talk to them about what they want. Um, they, they get a little bit more input on the tattoo in a way that's like productive, as opposed to like a, drawing a design and then being like what do you think and then they're like they sort of nitpick it it's more like hey these are the things i want in it and then as i'm drawing it like what do you think And they're like i love it you know and they can like you can adjust a few things but it's like i don't know and it like makes a special makes a kind of a when, special story for them yeah i think when they can see it on the body
0: right away too they're it they understand like not everybody is a visual thinker and can take a drawing and think of how it's gonna huh. look on them but you draw it on them, they're right away, they're like, oh shit. That looks and great. I, I,
2: yeah, yeah. Your videos, your <gasps> sorry, your videos recently have been reminding me of how much I used to like to draw on people and how I should probably start it. It's again. so fun, but I used to draw on people out of sheer laziness of not being prepared and being like, oh, yeah, hey, guess on. what?
1: We're doing a free <laughs> end today, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. really wow. awesome. It's like yeah, in the 90s that was code for totally.
1: I drank way too much. Yesterday. Just like f- just the fumes coming out of your- here.
2: <laughs> yeah, out of his pores. No, those are the
1: markers,
0: those are the markers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put a lot of alcohol in these things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, what are you using to draw on with what kind of markers are you using? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'll usually just like I'll go from like a yellow to orange to red and then I'll finish it with like a blue or a green and then like I'll usually like actually so when I got my sleeve by Steve Moore like five, six or seven years ago, and um it was the first time I'd ever seen somebody sketch a tattoo on before and and like like you know, I'm watching Steve and it was the first time I'd been tattooed in maybe like eight years
0: he drew no, one. no, he
1: stenciled it. Okay. I, no, no, Steve, sorry, I don't think he doesn't like that. freehand stuff very much. And, um, but, but just like he sketched it on, like with, like, just like with a gray line, but like so quickly, like it was just such a, it was like this messy scribbly thing that he created. And I was, uh, you know, watching and going like, I had never seen anything like it before. And so with the, with like the, with doing freehand, um, it's very similar. And I feel like, um, when I draw something on paper and then clean it up, it loses a little bit of the, the soul of the m- moment. Like when I, cause I, I like to draw on paper generally. And so like, there's like big strokes and you see that like sort of messy scribble and, and all that kind of thing. And then when I freehand, I include those things when I'm tattooing. So like a little bit of those little sort of like flippy lines coming out, just some of that, like the motion. Um. Mm-hmm it retains that. I mean, I could leave that in the, in the picture too, like when I'm, when I'm doing a stencil, but it seems like.
0: Wizard brain makes you refine it over and over and over and over again. Right.
1: Which it's, I mean, some tattoos demand that, like if I'm doing maybe like a larger scale piece, maybe uh, I'm, I'm more inclined to do like a a stencil just so that you can problem solve, you know, because your first drawing isn't always your best drawing. So, you know, I think that's fair, but. When I'm drawing something like, you know, medium sized, um, I don't see why I would be doing a better job if it was pre-drawn or if it's free-handed. You know, I get to, I can I can work on it enough. And then also the other thing too is like I mean that drawing time at home is not paid, and I no. and so I charge yeah. half my hourly for the freehand.
2: Oh, that's smart. That's, yeah, that's so, smart.
1: So and it, you know on average. Uh, you know, a, a medium large-ish size freehand piece is like takes me about forty five minutes to an hour to draw it anyway. So I mean, it's like it's not very much. So yeah. Anyway, I've I've, I've been really enjoying it.
0: I think uh, when you draw stuff on like that, you better chance of getting stuff to fit. Oh,
1: better. that's the other thing too. I I, you know, I was worried that my proportions were going to be weird, you know, um, and it's been the complete opposite it's like they fit so much better on the body and um i don't even think about it it just goes on and i'm like oh that really works with that thing i think there's just something intuitive about it and you know i've been thinking about the shape of the body and how how pieces work on those body parts for my whole career so i think that's just programmed now and uh, just it just feels good yeah i've been
2: Yeah, no matter how good of an artist or drawer we are, you know, we're still kind, we're still drawing and sketching in two yeah. D. Yeah. So you know, drawing yeah, on definitely. you get to see that Absolutely. you know, essentially a three D rendering uh, right in front of you who come to life.
0: Inspired you, you actually, or who maybe uh, or led out, the way for you for so drawing great. stuff on the body that was a little bit more flowy that fit the form better because it's not that's not like a generally not an intuitive thing for tattooers unless they've.
1: Been uh, when I first started tattooing, I bought the like back in the day guy Atchison um released the uh what is it um the uh, reimagining the tattoo
0: yeah, yeah yeah i remember that that was that yeah was awesome. and it was
1: like in a, a three ring binder and it was like photocopied pages and um yeah when I read that book it, there were some concepts that had never occurred to me even down to like I mean, I mean, I know we're talking about like form and how things fit with the body. And he had like little diagrams of like a, a leg sleeve or an arm sleeve and like, you know, general sort of flow chart or flow map of like, you know, how the muscles should be represented. Yeah. But even that book was amazing. Like it talked about uh, needle angle and like what kinds of setups and you would use for certain things or like just concepts of like, uh, you know, um, a tattoo needle doesn't always have to be. If it's a liner, it doesn't always have to be a liner. You know, it's basically a set of paint brushes. Yeah. Hey, he's back.
0: That guy's back. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's on a real good roll here. So just yeah, shut yeah, up yeah. and listen. <laughs>
1: um,
0: sorry, I'm just going to update Sean. He's talking about uh, uh, understanding the being inspired to draw stuff uh, for the body, for the form and okay. where he got that inspiration from. And it was the guy at some book. Uh,
1: yeah. Re- re- re-imagining, me, the like a, reimagining the yeah, tattoo.
0: Reimagining the tattoo. Yeah. Back in the
1: day. So back, I was either at wicked work still, or I had just started at Funhouse. but I, I bought that little three ring binder with like, you know, I think it was like 150 bucks or something online mail order. Shows <laughs> up and, uh, you know, it had little temp, little templates for like sleeves and back pieces and chest pieces and stuff. And it was like, you know, this is, these are the flow lines that the muscles more or less make, you know, you should be trying to like, encourage the tattoos to look this way. And I'd never really, you know, you sort of see the muscles and you think, Oh, I guess it would fit that. But no one, no one really talked about that very much back then. So that was when I started yeah, reimagining, re rethinking like how, how I did things. And, um, there was like sections on like music choices for your clients, you know, how to get the most out of your clients. Uh,
0: I remember him. You mentioned something in there. I still try to do this, but it rarely happens is to put when you're drawing is to put on music that doesn't have words. So you're not distracted by, I don't, I don't, I don't, I love hip hop. It's just fucking words. I don't have anything
1: (laughs) on when I draw. I'll like, yeah, just quiet. I find, like, sometimes, sometimes depending on, like, if I'm, like, let's say someone comes in, they're like, hey, I want, like, the sort of, like, gore thing, like, this evil gore thing, Then I'll put on maybe a horror movie in the background, or I'll put on, um, like, something, some really gnarly, like, tech death metal or something, um, just to kind of uh, put me in that state of mind or that mind frame, but I'll um, generally draw in the, in the quiet because I find the things mm. even if it's a good beat even if it's like something I'm enjoying it'll it'll sometimes pull me out of my my focus
2: yeah interesting or worse it's something you don't yeah.
1: like yeah that's the other yeah. thing too i you know if it's, it's if I'm just like not enjoying any of the music and I just find myself like constantly flipping through playlists or trying to find an album or whatever it's just like you know wasted time so who controls yeah. the music in your studio? Generally me.
0: That's a-
1: <laughs> but It's always an issue. Man. <laughs> I mean, like the, everybody at the shop more or less listens to the same thing. Like, even if it's not exactly what we all listen to, it's not a, they're not, it's not a gross uh, departure from what we'd usually listen yeah, yeah. to. Th- thankfully. Cause it's, I mean, at the last shop at, at bully boy, it was like, Constantly a fight, constantly. Yeah, it it can ruin yeah. shops. Like,
0: <laughs> it's like, do I have to listen to the fucking White Stripes like, again? Like, dude, it's been
2: like
1: three albums on repeat all fucking I was and a day. fan
2: of I was a fan of Clutch, that I bro, I, I
1: haven't this. listened to Clutch since yeah. I sold that shop.
0: He's saying, well, not since you sold the shop, but <laughs> since uh, Dustin passed, that
2: was no yeah. more. Done. Yeah. <laughs> so we are like, oh, there's a new Clutch album out. I don't yeah. give a fuck. Totally. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, it's like the Rush of our generation, that band. Yeah. And I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Go to a but show I can, all dudes. I can
2: still listen to Rush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, fuck. Oh, man. Uh, it's so funny how Cantanker is
1: an issue. Music yeah, in I mean... Shop, like. Tattooers get it, though, because I mean, it's like, the you know, it's your only constant in your job is the music that you're listening to. And if there's no variety, because like clients are, always, I mean, I'm sure you've heard this a bunch of times from clients like, oh, wow, like you listen to such diverse music or, oh, wow, I've never heard this band before. Yeah. I always like getting yeah. music suggestions from you and you know and so on. Yeah. But it's like, I have to. It's like, I just can't listen to the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah,
0: and mm-hmm. uh, our shop, we uh, try to encourage everyone to look at the room and who's getting tattooed and don't put anything on that's going to offend totally. somebody or not offend them, but just make their tattoo experience more difficult. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, I like, get a, it. A death no death metal. Is a, metal a death metal is an, is an absolute person. no in, in our shop. Yeah, I get like, it. Like,
1: I mean, I'm I'm a total snowflake when I get tattooed. So, like... <laughs> Like if, if the music's like too aggressive, like too, too hard, you know, like it's already an intense experience. Yeah. And, and so yeah. I have experience getting tattooed so I can kind of like work my way through it. But if it's someone's first tattoo or first couple tattoos and you know, they're in this like weird environment and, um, I mean, let's put it this way. So at my shop, since I started like being mindful of the, the music that's on, um, the way that I designed the shop, like the way that the decor is, it's like it's like pretty chill in there. We should have done this in in the shop, actually. That I could have like given you a little tour or something. But
0: yeah, yeah, but it's
1: awesome.
0: like send me a picture. Yeah, okay.
1: Uh but it's like uh it's like more of like an art gallery. Like it's it's like it's open, it's light, uh there's like a like a few choice pieces of art on the wall, but it's not like overloading, so like visually it's not overstimulating. Um and I think like in, in all of the years that I've had both shops, I've maybe had one or two people actually like pass out and, and one of them wasn't even getting tattooed, yeah. you know, so <laughs> they were just, <laughs> yeah, the they were watching thing. their, their boyfriend get tattooed and they just like,
0: <laughs> Oh,
1: well, no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Whoops. I had a
0: client pass out while I was drawing on him. I had to catch oh him Oh my god. He was standing. Yeah, it was crazy.
2: Yeah.
0: Have you ever tried to stand still, though? Think about it. Have you ever tried to stand still and just focus on a... Like, usually you're moving yeah. around a little bit. And if you're just dead still, you'll you'll get there. Yeah. I would imagine <laughs> they're out. probably trying
1: to hold their breath, just trying to stand as still as possible. and Yeah.
2: Yeah. And the fumes from a, the markers. Had a, young, <laughs> yeah. had a young kid at Sacred Heart, and I'm, like, focused on his delt, And he's, like, swaying. I'm, like, okay, hey, hold still, man. Hold still, man. And I look at him, and it's like, oh, he's about to fucking go. And he just started the buckle, and I like under his armpits and just like hucked him up onto the massage table. I was just like, whoops! <laughs> just like, yeah, just holding his breath. I don't, yeah.
1: Oh, I don't want to tell this. I don't even want to bring it up because it's not my story to tell. But like, have you heard Doug's Doug's story oh, about the guy's neck? Guy, guy passes out and tattoos his own neck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I third I was that a Doug? I thought that was a James Tech story.
1: Was that? I'm pretty sure it was Doug. Maybe James. I don't was know. There. I think I'm, I'm James sure. was there. I heard maybe it. I don't know. You know what? Maybe just bring maybe. Doug back on and get him to tell you. This is worth it. It's like it's the We're best fact story I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> oh fuck.
0: Oh my pass god, out man. stories are gotta be. So, it's like comedians telling each other jokes. I think pass out stories are yeah. tattooers like to
1: everyone's share. competing, everyone's just waiting <laughs> for their turn, you know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: oh,
1: fuck.
2: yeah, oh, yeah. Haven't had anybody pass out in a long time, thank yeah. god. Knock on wood,
1: yeah. I think same. that's probably I think pretty, pretty pretty consistent with most tattooers now, right? Because you know, I think it's not. You know, back in the day, it was like, just put on whatever music you want. This is my, this is my space, you know. But now, like, I think tattooers are more mindful of the client, so.
0: Yeah, I, I think, too, as you get older as a tattooer, you're, you're more calm, and you exude calmness, and you don't, we're not working in a work, uh, walk-in environment yeah. anymore. So the client comes in, they get a chance to settle down with you, you get to converse <laughs> with them, they get to relax, their blood pressure comes down, and then you start tattooing, they're yeah. kind of ready. But, like, back in the walking days, people were coming in and you're, like, fucking just trying to get through shit. And you don't even realize your client's in distress until it's too late. Like,
2: I think also now we expect people to know a little bit more about getting tattooed, the process, sector. Whereas, like, in the 90s, it would be, like, how many times we would stand at the counter for five minutes before even bringing the person back. Okay, so if you feel (laughs) weird or lightheaded or anything at all, if you feel any of these things. Do you feel any of these things? <laughs> yeah. Make sure you let me know. So don't hold your breath. Make sure you don't hold your breath. And if you kind of feel lightheaded and you, you fucking put all that oh, onto right. them and then they're just like, Oh my God. Do I, do I Oh my, you know what I mean? And, I, I swear. I think we were making sure. most of our oh, clients yeah. pass out by and, giving them so much anxiety.
0: And 90% of our clients back then were first timers. Like yeah. people didn't have a lot yeah. of tattoos. And,
2: yeah. So I think that's I, why we felt like we had to like, over-educate that one very specific thing. Like, this is gonna hurt. Tell me if you feel it. Tell me if you need a break. Tell me if this. Tell me if that. And then they just would get right into their head with that shit. Oh, yeah. I swear to God, I think we... Oh, yeah. And, like,
1: the 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 other thing, too, is, like, my apprentice, Jada, was watching her tattoo, like, earlier on. She's a lot better at it now, because right away, I was, like, like, she'd be, like, are you okay, like, checking in on them lots, too? And being, like, is this okay? Are you (laughs) feeling okay? Like, do you need a break? And I was, like, you gotta cut that out. I was, like, you gotta, like, You know, I think, I think the longer, like you guys said, the longer you're, you're at it for more confident, you can kind of feel if someone's feeling uncomfortable, they start like maybe moving around a little bit or they're like touching themselves a lot or whatever. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fuck. But yeah, you don't need to like give them the huge breakdown of like what's going to happen, you know? Yeah, And yeah. people are so much more savvy. So,
0: what percentage of your clients do you think uh, are touching themselves while you tattoo them? <laughs> this is the way you said that. I was like, I can't let it go. I can't let it go. <laughs>
1: it's a private studio. Because,
0: yeah. you know, I, I, I don't really have any clients <laughs> touching themselves while I tattoo them. <laughs> I mean, I'm old now. I get Surprising it. <laughs> amount. It's
1: more than you think. <laughs>
0: It, what's the ratio between men and women? It's pretty, it's pretty even, actually. 20 yeah. even, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> oh, fuck.
2: So, it sounds like, so you have end of May, Don't Look Down, Kelowna, road trip. Then you're doing end of June to Doug's. Are you doing the Okanagan show in July? No.
1: Um, not that I know of, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> That's been the answer for everybody, I don't think so, maybe I don't know, I don't
2: know.
0: yeah, you should come out,
1: maybe I'm uh,
0: <laughs> i'm trying to I'm trying to organize a day where we get everybody out on paddle boards and
1: it sounds amazing, like that honestly, out. I've never yeah. done it. I've never done the okanagan show. oh, I know dude, it's great, I know, but everyone says everyone's yeah. so fucking stoked about it, And I just like well i'm uh, uh
2: yeah.
0: What do you got against the Okanagan?
2: <laughs> yeah, but he lives on the island. Why does he want to leave True. the island in summer? True. True. The island's pretty epic. It's pretty epic.
1: It's pretty sweet. Yeah,
2: I'd
0: yeah. love. I'd love to live there. And you're in. I'm in, in Duncan, Duncan, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And land. then,
1: then um, and then wild. the next, and then the show after that is in September. Eric and I are going to the um, the Austin Convention. Oh, Invitational. Okay, yeah. cool. Nice. That's,
0: I love that city. I went for the first time this year, and Dude, I can't wait. I've never
1: die. been. Everyone keeps telling me how amazing Austin is. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah.
2: What, what do you know? The dates that you're going for? Like, are you staying for any amount of time after the? Yeah, cabin? we're gonna stay for a week. Sweet. I'll see amazing. you. Amazing.
1: I was thinking of. I was thinking of renting a motorbike when I'm out there. Yeah. Nice.
0: If you yeah. get it. If you get a chance, go check out Southside Tattoo and talk to uh, the, the crew there. Uh, Bart Willis owns a shop. It's a solid, fun, good people walk-in shop. Yeah, I think it's the oldest studio in Austin. Brad. Uh Yeah, it's just yeah. such a great place.
2: Yeah, I'm excited too. My first time. Going to fly down. We're seeing Anthony Jesselnick on the Saturday of the following of the Austin Convention. So we'll get down there midweek. And then we'll be there for a week.
0: What are the so. dates for that convention? I think they're, it's like the, what, 4th, 5th, 6th? Of June? No, September. September. Oh, that's far enough away I could save up. Maybe I'll... I wonder if Bart would be back. That'd be
2: uh, fun. It's actually the the 1st, 2nd, 3rd. Okay. And then we get in, I believe, on the 6th or the 7th, and we're there for a week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah,
1: I'm
2: stoked to check out that. Yeah, CD
1: me too. Man. Yeah. Barbecue. barbecue. That's all. I, that's, that's all I got in my mind is barbecue. If you got to <laughs>
0: if, if you rent a bike or a car, you're gonna want to head out to Lockhart. It's a half hour south uh, west of Austin, and uh, my sources there were telling me that's where all the good okay. barbecue is now. I'm sure for Canadians, it's all fucking above our heads, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Careful! It's so easy to get sick <laughs> off a barbecue. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like when they first opened a Brazilian one of those Brazilian all-you-can-eat oh, steakhouses in Calgary. Oh. <laughs> a whole bunch of people got sick. Like Mike Peace missed work, and here and it's like everybody thought they got food poisoning. It's like, no, no man, it's because you ate too much fucking meat. You can't and then eat you two shit for three days.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> you can't eat two pounds of meat fatty meat in one sitting and expect you're
2: going
0: yeah, to get through yeah, it. I okay. Can. <laughs> <laughs> Are you on a carnivore uh, pretty, diet? Are pretty you, close. Like, know? I mean, I
1: don't go around saying I'm on a carnivore diet, but I eat like high, high protein diet for sure. Yeah. I've got a I've got a jitsu tournament coming up pretty quick here and I'm trying to get my weight down a little bit for, for that division. So
2: what division? What, uh, what it's what the tournament? ABA in Victoria. Oh, yeah. the ABA, yeah, yeah, in Victoria. Nice. They have one here. Uh, they have one in Calgary at the end of May. I saw apparently. that. But, yeah, what
0: what division are you in? And in, uh, I just
1: changed it because I couldn't get my weight down. But I, <laughs>
0: <laughs> carnivore diet's going well. No,
1: right? I, I I I bulked up. Like so, I was like, I was like uh, one, so I, I entered into the 183 and under division and I was like 185 when I, when I, when I entered and I was like, okay, I can, I can do this. And then, um, I was like, I hit the gym every morning and I've been like going to class every night and like, you know, super, super strict on my diet and no sugar, no nothing. Like just like getting all my macros right. And then I weighed myself like the other day. And I'm like 190. That's just that's just poop from meat. Do you think I've just, just got to I get, get some fiber get in there?
2: <laughs> you'll, you'll drop it,
0: <laughs> Metamucil, uh, dude. Okay, Met okay. okay.
2: <laughs> I was like, yeah. My last tournament, I registered for under 195 because I was like pretty much on it. And then the week before, I'm like, why am I heavy? Like, I'm not going to make weight. And it's like a zero, like they gave not even a half pound. Like I was like, what am I going to do? MMA guys at my gym were like, stop Anything with sodium in it. I'm like, okay, cutting sodium for three days. I don't know how anybody can do that shit, man. I, yeah, I lost four and a half pounds, but my brain function, I was foggy. So I competed. I had three matches. Don't really remember them. And then for the next week, I had brain fog, like crazy. Like I could not rehydrate myself enough, even using like element salt packs and other stuff. Like I was fucked. And like wrestlers do this shit weekly. I'm like, yeah. you guys are crazy. Yeah, man. no, I, I just, and I
1: thought about it. I can't. I would rather, because I'm doing no and gi. So I just, yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to fight at the weight that I'm happy and comfortable at. I'm not going to sit here and try and obsess about my weight and cut and all that shit. It's, it's not, it's not for me. I'm not, I'm not that motivated, you know, it's like,
2: no, (laughs) the only reason why I did it is I didn't want to lose my 115 bucks. Straight up. Yeah. I'm not willing
1: to gamble that much. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. no.
0: (laughs) What belt and how long have you been practicing? Oh,
1: man. So um, I've been a blue belt for a long time. And, like, uh, I think I've been doing jujitsu technically for about eight years. But um, there's been some, like, patches where just training wasn't an option or I was injured or just life got in the way. Like, uh, like I mean, obviously lockdown was tough. Um, you know, I had some big life things happen that just, like, just – took all the steam out of my engine there. So, um, but I'm back at it now. Like I, uh, I go most nights, uh, to class and, um, yeah, it's awesome. So I, I said to my, my coach, like I'm going for my purple this year. Like I'm sick of being a blue belt. Like it's like, it's not even about, getting a purple belt. It's just like, I'm just so tired of being a blue belt. You know, people ask how long i have you been doing jiu-jitsu? Like, oh. it's like, oh my God, I'm a blue belt. But like, <laughs> you know, all my friends, all my friends I'm, that I started training. I have a blue belt at my gym.
2: Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I have a blue belt at my gym that just kills everybody. It's like, would you just promote him already? Uh, <laughs> he doesn't come to classes enough. He comes to open mats and just yeah. smashes people.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> he probably enjoys that. People come in are like, oh he's a fucking blue belt.
1: I got this. Nope. So yeah, so I'm like I'm committed to to get taking care of that because I'm I'm tired of being a blue belt.
2: Yeah. So yeah, and you've probably had people you started with. Oh, that's what I was saying, yeah. It's like
1: the guys that I started training with when I was a white belt, they're all brown belts or getting their black belts. So I'm just like, this is this is this is fucked, you know. So
0: it's interesting that you have a passion outside of tattoo. Most artists do. Um, and you touched on this earlier, um, made me think of life balance, uh, you know, being a creative person, having a family, running a business and having hobbies outside. How do you, uh, maintain a work life balance and how important is it to your happiness?
1: You know, I'm, um, this is a, uh important question for my life as it is right now uh because i you know i mentioned earlier like my i mentioned my ex-wife earlier and so just just post-covid i went through a divorce and so that's anyone that's been through a divorce gets it like whether it's like amicable or whether it's like a nightmare it's still a nightmare you know it's like it's a complicated thing to like and my my ex and i were together for 17 years we had a kid together like you know it's like a lot to, to pull apart. And it's also easy when you have a long time partner to handle like the periphery of your life so that you can kind of like do certain things. Um, when I, but you also like, when you have somebody in your life that long, you, no matter what, it becomes a bit codependent, right? Like you, your sort of lives intermingle. and, And so when I was finally like on my own, I asked myself like, what do I need? Like I've never like had to ask myself that question before. And so one of the things was I, I always wanted a motorcycle. So I got my motorcycle. Best thing I ever did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I picked my, but <laughs> it's it's a midlife celebration. Okay. It's not a crisis. And,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. and then,
1: and then, You know, I had been like struggling to keep jujitsu in my life because there was other demands, you know, and I also realized that jujitsu was like such an important aspect, um, of my, of my life and my happiness. And so in terms of like balancing those things, I think like sometimes jujitsu is inconvenient to my career. Uh, because I have to like draw after work or, um, I work late or I have to like, you know, schedule appointments around it or that kind of thing. But, and so there's like a certain aspect of it where it's easy to let other aspects of your life fill in those spots, but the quality of my self, if I'm doing jujitsu regularly, um. Improves all the other things like I'm a better father to my daughter um, I'm a better friend to my friends. I'm easier going with everybody um, my My overall like way that I handle clients and deal with like my the way I deal with people is so much better You know, I think whether it's just a matter of exercising regularly, you know, i um, like the social, the social aspect of jujitsu is really like positive in my opinion. And the club that I train at, like everybody's like, you know, we just had an in-house tournament the other day. One of the guys that, because we have a, a like the my instructor used to fight pro Muay Thai in Thailand, and so he teaches a Muay Thai class. And one of the guys in the Muay Thai class, his dog, got like his neck broken and some brain damage. So there was like all this all these vet bills, and so we held like an in-house Kumite tournament and you know, played basically little fight games and raised and like, and then had like, uh, like, uh, raffle tickets as like, and did some gambling. So like, like Muay Thai style gambling on the side. So people are like throwing in the pot and dude, it was so fun. And like so many people showed up and they raised like $1,600 to go towards like the vet bills. And I don't know the, the, awesome. the feeling of like community and family. And like, everyone was like, we all know each other and we trust each other. Cause we, we, you know, we play fight, you know, and, um, which may seem silly to some people, but like if you're someone's got you in a choke and, and then you say, okay, tap, like you submit to that, you're basically saying, like, you would have killed me. It sounds like a bit dramatic, but, but really, I mean, you're trusting people with your life, with your livelihood, you know, you get like, someone puts you in an arm bar mm-hmm. and you say, stop, they stop. So you trust each other. So, and then you watch like, when things get like sour for somebody's life, uh, the, the community shows up and takes care of them. So anyway, I'm getting a bit evangelical about Jiu Jitsu, but, uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, that's everybody that takes, I know. I I
2: <laughs> 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 it's not a yeah. cult. Shut up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I guess a uh, long digression, but, uh, I feel like, um, Jiu jitsu really improves the overall quality of my life. And um, sometimes it's hard to balance. Um, but I think just making the effort is like important. And
0: um, do you have a peer group outside of jujitsu and tattooing, or are your peer groups in those activities as well? Because for some people, it's it's easy to take up an activity when their friends are all doing it it's easy to justify to their significant others. It's, it's really natural. It's much harder for somebody who has family, friends, career to pick up something that's uh, selfish. You know, it's something that just, they do and have to go at it. Yeah.
1: That was actually a huge bone of contention in my, in my marriage actually, because uh, like the friend group that we were all part of, they didn't do jujitsu and they didn't do tattoos. They weren't working artists and my, and my wife wasn't either. And so it was, it was like always like, oh, you're going to that thing again, or you're like, you know, you're not going to that party or that person's event because you have to draw or, you know, so now I do have friends that aren't part of either of those communities. Um, but I think like they are friends now because they don't judge those things. Like if I can't make a thing, they don't get butthurt about it. Um, Uh But yeah, like earlier on in my life, those two, these two things definitely caused some friction for sure. Cause yeah, it's like, it's a selfish Uh endeavor, you know, like self-discovery and self, like, you know, know, exploring new ideas or hobbies. You know, sometimes those take away from more like I don't know what the word is, but like more more typical things, I guess. Or like,
0: yeah, I think it's important though that you like you're saying it's self discovery, but you have to explore different things to figure out who you are, where you stand, and what you're capable of. And that's not always a something you can do with you know, the group of friends or family you yeah. have. How? how is that related back to tattooing for you? Uh, Well, I mean like, or did you, or, or did tattooing carry you into help you in the other realm?
1: Yeah. A little bit of both. I think because, um, for one, jujitsu is kind of scary, you know, um, there's always like a moment where you're challenging yourself, whether it's like one of the guys at the club, that's really like tough or, uh, skilled or, maybe even somebody that doesn't know as much and then you're being forced to like help help them get better. You know, these things are like challenging. And so, especially having tattooed for 20 years, it's important to practice challenging yourself and trying different things. And then, um, and then in the reverse, like with, uh, with tattooing, like I think, um, my, my success in in jiu i shouldn't say success cuz i mean technically 8 years of blue belt is not very successful but like but like you <laughs> could
0: be a badass blue belt we don't know
1: <laughs> but sticking with i guess maybe sticking with it and like being okay with my progress comes from like um have you ever read like the miyamoto musashi's book of five rings no
0: heard of it yeah so
1: there's this like there's this part of it and i'm i'm probably like butchering the quote, but it's like once you know one thing deeply, then you'll understand all things broadly, and like you know, when you get to know tattooing to a certain point, I'm like reluctant to say master because it sounds like pretty self-aggrandizing. But like once you get a certain like skill level or like or a- amount of hours logged in tattooing, you can like pretty much do anything, and that caught con-
0: That sounds like a tattooer. <laughs>
1: mindset about life right there, (laughs) but because I like stuck it out in tattooing and I, and I'm like comfortable in it, um, I can apply that to new things or different practices. So like, I don't like personally, I don't know about you, but I don't have any self bad self talk when, when I'm like learning a new skill, I'm not telling myself, Oh, you're bad at this or you're shitty at this. And, and, you know, they're all laughing at you. It's like, No, I'm new at this I'm new at this thing. Everybody's new once and you just gotta stick with it. And so, you know, I think those two things like help each other out quite a bit. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Sean.
2: (laughs) What? Look like (laughs) you I'm just listening and learning. Sorry, I've already had a long morning. Yes. <laughs> That's uh, what his comment was there earlier, Jory. I was returning a van that I rented to pick up a motorcycle. It was a horrible day. And then literally as I was parking the van, I fucking tore the whole like weather siding strip off of the van on the van beside it. I was just <laughs> like, yeah. Cool you're never allowed to drive my van. <laughs> uh yeah. Oh. But hey, it drives really well. It was actually a Ford Transit. It was oh, nice. thing. is super comfy. Crazy. Oh, yeah. 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 So but anyways. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, nice. was my morning. <laughs> but I got my motorbike. <laughs> What'd you get? Is it like That's a exciting. new bike? <laughs> uh it's new to me. Uh I don't know if you know do you know Mike Sperling? Okay, Mike Sperling built it. It's a, it's a Sportster 883, but like all custom from ground up. I'll send
0: you a picture. It looks badass.
2: It's very cool. Yeah. It doesn't, Everybody's like, that's a Harley. I'm like, yeah, it's a Harley.
0: Did he use it for flat tracking? Was he into yeah. that? I, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Sorry. pretty serious.
2: It's, uh, it's yeah. a pretty sweet ride.
0: Death
1: machine. Yeah.
2: <laughs> In right yeah. So it's just, yeah,
1: I was, thinking, I was thinking of riding uh, my bike out yeah. in June. I've never done a, I never, yeah, I've never done yeah. a long trip before on my bike. So
2: this bike is definitely not for a long trip. <laughs> it would be very unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> this is for me to go to the shop to jujitsu. Sick. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Oh. oh, man, crazy!
0: So do you have? Yeah. You just have a couple guest spots and a couple. The one convention yeah. you're doing this year.
1: Yeah, just taking it taking it easy. Nice.
0: And you're getting your that's, purple belt. That's the year. plan. So, so where can we monitor your progress on your <laughs> on your uh, <laughs> tattooing and your jujitsu? Because we'll all be watching now. Well, my uh,
1: <laughs> are you asking for my socials? Yeah.
0: Sure, uh, well my yeah.
1: my Instagram is Jory underscore Helms. And uh and then my shop uh shop Instagram is Lucky Toad Tattoos. Yeah. Lucky Toad.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Uh sure. was any was there anything that you wanted to talk about in this interview? Is there any topics near and dear to your heart? You doing any fundraisers, you doing um anything? exciting. You want people to come out to this tournament in Victoria and cheer you? No, I'd rather not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's the AVA tournament in Victoria. (laughs) What was the day again? (laughs) You know what? Let's just send an email to all the local tattoo shops. Oh, (laughs) that would
0: be hilarious. I'll get a betting pool on. That's not bad. Yeah, totally.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we have a nice. gambler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing! Fantastic, cool. It was awesome to uh, yeah. You too. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, I'll yeah, yeah, of course, and yeah, definitely. Let me know uh, yeah. Calgary dates because uh, yeah, I'll drag little pencil neck Dan down there. And he's looking. Walmart he's and looking
1: pretty good family. these days.
2: He's looking great, man. He's rolling. Lots. He's training so much. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little little nervous now. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) He's got some big tricks up his sleeve. He's really annoying. (laughs) Really annoying. (laughs) Those little spaghetti arms. Little little noodle man. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Cool. Well, it's been great. Uh, Thanks for your time, gentlemen. appreciate You talked about some great stuff.